Stay connected this winter with this unbeatable deal from BreezeLine. Get reliable, fiber-powered internet for just $19.99 per month with all-in pricing for two years. But that's not all. Your first month is on us. This deal gets better with a free modem and installation along with free Wi-Fi your way whole home coverage. Safeguard your network from cyber threats and keep all your devices connected and secured with this amazing offer. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires March 3rd, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. Hello and welcome to Hysteria. I'm Erin Ryan. This week, Naomi Akparagan, Tian Tran, and Michaela Watkins join me in studio to talk confidence. Who has it? Who doesn't? And how women can help each other feel a little less like shit all the time. We've also got America's soulmate Alyssa Mastermonico joining for the news you can uterus. I mean, use. And finally, a very lively Hills Will Die On. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. First, before we get started, a little bit of housekeeping. If you have a hill you'll die on that you would like to submit to us for a possible play on the show, you can record a 30-second voice memo and send it to hysteria at crooked.com. You can also get in touch with us via that email address if you have anything else you want to say. Just so you know, Caroline checks it and I check it, and there's a few other people at Crooked that can see it. So, you know, don't send Caroline love notes that you wouldn't want me to read, too. Well, Alyssa, you know, you and I were texting this morning before we started Mm. recording, and I was thinking about how, you know, the news kind of feels like the automatic pilot system on a Boeing Air Max 737. (laughs) Every time I feel like my nose is starting to go up and things are starting to look up, something overrides it and tries to make me dive straight into the ground. Right? Something that only one person in America has been trained to know how to override the override. Right. And nobody knows nobody knows what they're doing. And, and I constantly feel like I'm on the verge of crashing, especially when weeks of news seem kind of like bummers. Um, yeah, this, this week, is like this has been like a like a relay race of garbage dumpster news. Yeah, we're handing the baton, but the baton is a dirty diaper. It's <laughs> and it's on fire and it's on fire. This is great. We're coming up with so many good metaphors this morning. Um it it is bad, but you know, I try to remind myself that a things are bad and things are good. You know, there's never there's things are never ever going to always be good or always be bad. So whatever state we're in right now, however bad and dumb and and inescapable it feels, it's not always going to feel this way. For now, we kind of have to tackle some unpleasant realities. And first thing I want to talk about is Trump declaring uh, the Republican Party. Well, he he said that the Republican Party would be the party of health care. But in reality, <laughs> I know party of, sounds like a lame Lol. ass yeah. party. I would I would leave. I would have one drink at that party and be like, OK, bye. And I wouldn't even say bye to everybody. I would just say bye to the person who invited me and peace out. That's me leaving <laughs> the Republican health care party. Um, but one of the things that really bothers me about the Republican attempt to claim health care as a pet issue for them is that they're constantly trying to segregate women's health from health care and women are people. So it feels a little bit uh, it feels a little bit like a dodge to me. Um, first, I want to talk a little bit about what Mike Pompeo did this week. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo announced cuts uh, 
to funding for the Organization of American States, a leading organization promoting unity between North and South America over the organization's advocacy for reproductive rights. Now, TLDR, this is basically an expansion of the global gag rule, which doesn't uh, allow U.S. money to fund organizations that in any way mention abortion. So there's that. Second thing is this week, Trump officials attended a Hungarian conference to promote women having more babies. This was really something. Yeah. What did you think about this, Alyssa? I mean, this goes to my theory. Like, you know, I think I wonder to myself all the time, like, what the fuck they do all day? Well, I guess this is a window into how they spend their time. Um, I just, it's like, first of all, the prime minister, how do you, do you say his name? Orban? Orban? Victor Orban, yeah. Victor Orban is this like right wing lunatic, right? So I love that those are the people we're making time for. You know, and the other thing about this event that they did at the Library of Congress that was literally just anti-choice activists at the Library of Congress sponsored by the Hungarian embassy. But they hate libraries. They hate learning. Why would they want to be around books? books. It's a venue in D.C. You know, it's like, I guess that's all there is to it. (laughs) And they called it the Make Families Great Again Conference. So one, I love that the only way to make families great again is to force them to have more children. But also at what point are we going to, is like, is something going to happen so that he stops using political slogans for all of his official events? It's bunkers. It's bunkers. It's just a, that's just a, it's a small little thing, but it just gets up my crack every day. Yeah. I mean, Trump is a living brand and he's nothing if not a brand. And so everything he does must brand. He's like a shark that has to swim constantly. Otherwise he ceases to exist. He must always be branding. Okay. Third item in the uterus news beat. (laughs) Because, you know, what well, we thought we were going to be able to put this beat on the shelf after Kavanaugh, but I know. it seems like it's going to be with us for the long, the long haul. I know. I was reading about this and I was, I was thinking, Alyssa, they're going to be harping on this until the day I die. I am going to spend my entire life being like, guys, birth control isn't the same as abortion. Abortion isn't the same as murder. A fertilized egg isn't the same as a 15 year old girl. Like, ah, oh. So yeah, let's uh, let's take a quick trip to Georgia. Ah, beautiful the peach state, peach state, beautiful state, wonderful people there. Stacey Abrams is from Georgia. There's a lot of good things about Georgia. One of the things about Georgia that isn't good is House Bill 481, which passed mm. the state Senate this week. If it passes the House and goes to Governor Brian Kemp, Brian Kemp, the man who basically cheated his way into being governor. The bill would outlaw abortion once a heartbeat is detected. Now, the problem with that is that a heartbeat is usually detectable about six weeks into a pregnancy, which means that you would be about two weeks late for your period. You would have about two weeks to immediately realize, oh, I'm pregnant. Now, uh, Yeah, that's what George is trying to do. And be clear, that is if you are someone who is regular like a clock. Exactly. If you were me prior to the NuvaRing... I mean, it could be six weeks. You'd be like, yeah, it's about normal. (laughs) Well, and that's another thing is some forms of birth control give women irregular periods. Like I have an IUD that's hormonal. And so, hello, everybody wanted to know about what's going on inside of my body. But this is just... And my body. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But this is... But it it makes a lot of people who use it have irregular menstruation. So if for some reason mine were to fail and I was like three weeks late for a period, I would never be like, oh, I think I'm pregnant. I would just be like, that's my crazy old IUD messing with my Zoing, there it goes again. Right. But for women in Georgia, if this bill were to become law, they wouldn't 
they they would be SOL. They would have to go to another state to have an abortion. And Georgia is not located near a lot of places that are very hospitable to abortion. So it would be a, certainly not Alabama. No, it would be a great personal expense. It would take a lot of time. And it shouldn't because it is a medical procedure that is guaranteed by the Constitution. There have been multiple Supreme Court rulings that have guaranteed the right to access to abortion for American women and other people who have uteruses. So wh- why do you think they keep trying this? Well, you know, it's sort of like, look, we're we're cruising into 2020 at a very slow but real pace. And they need something like there are so many reasons, none of which are good or authentic, but they need something to get people fired up. And right now, you know, Donald Trump's trying to kill healthcare and be like, we're going to kill your healthcare and give you something better. No, you're not because you're literally not smart enough to have come up with anything. And this is just another trick. (laughs) So it's like, it's all, it's all this like post, you know, it was like both pre Mueller and post Mueller, like pre Mueller, he didn't get his wall. So he's like, okay, we're cool with putting kids in cages and treating life that way, but we're going to put a pin in that. And we're going to double down on how Democrats want to kill babies. And we're going to get everyone all fired up that the reason that even if I did collude with Russia, even if I did do that, that like, at least I'm going to save all the babies. And then like the Mueller report comes out. And instead of just being like, wow, I fucking dodged a bullet. I'm going to be quiet. Now they're like doubling down on all of on all of their, you know, repro. Everyone's killing. All the Democrats want to kill the babies. And I think that this that states like Georgia, I mean, look, Georgia has not, uh, despite the the real inroads that Stacey made, Georgia's not blue. And this is, this is their way of being like, because when they, when they, whenever anyone, the argument is so hard, you and I know it, like abortion should be safe and legal. It's a choice. It's like, it's a, I'm not even going to go there, but they want us whenever you have, we have to be the ones defending abortion. It always sounds hard. It always, it's not, it isn't hard. We believe it. We know it's right. There's science behind it. But, you know, if you're in Georgia and and they say, no, but really, why would you need, shouldn't you, like, if you got, their whole theory, I think, is that, like, if you got raped, which is kind of the only reason they think you should be allowed to have an abortion, well, you'd know it right then and there, and you should handle it right then and there. So there really is no other reason, therefore, defend. Do you see what I'm saying? It's right. not the most articulate point, but you see where I'm going. Yeah, I see where you're going. I think that it's a really important fundraising tool for Republicans. And if yes. abortion were actually outlawed, they would lose that fundraising tool. And so they need to harp on it by passing laws that are a huge waste of time and money. And that, But that will get people to open up their wallets. And the other thing, too, yes, is that while all of this look like we, there are a lot of hearts and minds, clearly, that haven't been changed over the years about a woman's right to choose what happens in her body, right? But with all of the hot trash garbage that's happening in the world and the fact that the news is, you know, from six, if you look at the six to 630 hour, 90% of it's probably things that Trump have done. So in without, and I'm not giving us all this credit, but without people like us harping on this, it's flying under the radar. Mm -hmm. This is the perfect moment if you're a Republican and you want to try to get this shit done to do it because Democrats are spread so thin trying to fight so many wars on so many fronts that this is, it's kind of like their ideal and the most opportune 
moment. Yeah. Healthcare was the most important issue in the 2018 midterm elections and the Democratic spanking that was handed out. <laughs> it was the most important issue to voters then. And I believe going into 2020 will continue to be the most important issue. And I think as women, as people who care about women's issues, as people who care about women's health care, it's important for us to hang on white knuckled to issues like abortion, contraception, birth control, reproductive health care, the entire range of services that women and people with uteruses would need because we can't allow those things to be separated. It is health care. Women's health care is health care. And going into 2020, we need to keep talking about that because people care more about health care than they do about whether or not Don Jr. is getting indicted, even though that would have been awesome. It would have been the cherry on the Sunday, But no, that's why, like, even when you and I talk about what we're going to talk about and we're just like, God, I guess it's another week of Uterus Weekly. Like, we're not going to stop. No. We may get down. We may get mad. We may be sad. Okay. All those ad words. But we're not going to stop. They can't stop us. No. We can get tired. We may need to take, do some self-care and maybe, you know, wash our hair, which is my <laughs> self-care today. But like, we're not, you can't fucking stop us. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Rewire News, rewire.news is a resource that I use a lot and they have a legislation tracker and it tells you exactly where different laws are. And it gets depressing to get lost in, but it's really good if you just want to have an idea of what's matriculating through the system. So if you guys are listening and, and you're interested in that, I would recommend checking out Rewire. I agree with that. Also, I would follow the... Twitter feed of Elise Hogue. Elise is the uh, president of NARAL. And she understands a lot of times because I text her when I'm like, yo, can you break this down for the ladies? Because this is very complicated. And she does it. And she has an, an army behind her, but she also is just on the front lines every day and she needs our support. And Alyssa, I am sorry that this is the end of our talk because I'm just now getting fired up and I want to keep yelling about abortion with you. We will talk to you next week, Alyssa. All right. Till next week. Bye. Bye. We have to take a break, but when we're back, there'll be more hysteria. This episode is brought to you by IQ Bar. Power up your life with superior brain and body nutrition products from IQ Bar. Their plant protein bars are the perfect low-carb breakfast. Their IQ Mix Zero Sugar Hydration Drinks replenish electrolytes. And their IQ Joe Mushroom Coffees will keep you focused all day long. Start each day right with IQ Bar's brain and body boosting bars, hydration mixes, and mushroom coffees. Their ultimate sampler pack includes all three. IQ Bar empowers doers with superior brain and body nutrition. All their products are entirely free from gluten, dairy, soy, GMOs, and artificial sweeteners. And today, Hysteria listeners get an exclusive offer of 20% off plus free shipping. Just text HYSTERIA to 64000. One thing I love about IQ Bar is, first of all, right now it's really dry where I am. Oh, okay. It is hard for me to stay hydrated. I just like, I, I'll just be going through my day and I'll be like, why am I so like... Parched. I'm parched. I'm in a bad mood. I feel like I'm going to pass out. And it's, ah, you got to drink some water. You got to stay hydrated. I really like their IQ Mix Zero Sugar Hydration Drinks because it allows me to rehydrate myself at a time yeah. when I feel like the atmosphere is trying to take all my moisture away. Well, and sometimes you need more than just water. Sometimes you need more, more than just water. I also love IQ bars because I love a portable breakfast. I love a grab-and-go breakfast. No dishes. 
love something I can walk around holding and eating. I like something I can eat in my car without endangering the lives of me and every other motorist on the road. A breakfast burrito, <laughs> not not the safest thing to eat behind the wheel. IQ bar, go ahead and do it. Good for you. Great ingredients. Helps you stay focused and alert throughout the day. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, and you don't have to dirty any dishes. Refuel smarter with IQ Bar's Ultimate Sampler Pack. That's seven IQ Bars, four IQ Mix sticks, and four IQ Joe sticks. And now our special podcast listeners get 20% off all IQ Bar products plus get free shipping. To get your 20% off, just text Hysteria to 64000. Get your discount. Text Hysteria to 64000. That's H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A to 64000. Message and data rates may apply. See terms for details. This episode of Hysteria is brought to you by Viore. Need the perfect Mother's or Father's Day gift? Check out Viore Performance Apparel. Drawing inspo from the coastal California lifestyle, Viore's products inspire others to live vibrant, active lives. I love that they're calling this the coastal California lifestyle. I will embrace that instead of what I thought it was, which was the I only want to wear comfortable clothes lifestyle. Yeah. I have to. I refuse to be uncomfortable I refu- if I want to be productive. I refuse <laughs> to be uncomfortable, but sometimes I have to look like I belong in a respectable place lifestyle, which is like yeah. Viore is perfect for it because they the clothes look fantastic. They fit great. They are so comfortable. I lie down in mine all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Especially, Erin, the women's performance joggers. They have a slim but relaxed fit and are designed with dream knit stretch fabric. I love my joggers. I've slept in mine. I've slept in them. Really? You don't get hot? No. They're very, like, on oh. a, it's like a couch nap. You know, you have like a, oh yeah. you've got like maybe a half an hour in the afternoon. You're like, ooh, I've got a like small break. I'm very tired. I'm going to just like lay down for 20 minutes. It's yeah. Perfect. Perfect for couch okay. napping. Joggers. I love the leggings. I can work out in them. I can do my errands in them. I can wear them with a proper top to a business meeting. It is not a problem. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you probably could. Just put yeah, a, a totally. blazer and like— Denim shirt. Denim, denim shirt, oh, blazer, yeah. leggings. So easy. 100%. And, of course, the men's core shorts. They have a classic athletic fit, falling just above the knee, while the Sunday performance joggers are made from recycled performance stretch fabric. I got my dad some men's core shorts. He wears them to mow the lawn. It's perfect. He is, like, I think my my dad is one of those people that just, like, beats the crap out of his clothes. He'll wear them until they're— they look like a security blanket that a 30-year-old yep. still has where it's just like a ball of string and you're like, um, Our dads are the same. Yeah, yeah. But um, my dad has had his for like a couple years now and I think I, I saw him wearing them the other week when I met up with um, family on a, on a short weekend trip and they still looked great. It was like, Dad, your clothes still look new. <laughs> so fancy. Viore is offering Hysteria listeners 20% off your first purchase. Get some of the most comfy and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash hysteria. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash hysteria. You'll also enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash hysteria and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Hysteria is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She deserves the best. That's why you should send her farm-fresh flowers from Books. 
That's short for bouquets. And right now, you can get 25% off your entire Books purchase. Here's why everyone likes the Books company. Books is different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano. Which I love. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Books is simple. Go online, pick the delivery date, and you are done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your books now. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. Erin, I love my books. I love a flower that lasts forever, and my books arrangements really do last a full solid week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have uh, I have some sitting on my kitchen table right now, mm-hmm. and they've been there for several days. And usually, when I buy them at like the grocery store, they're sort of like starting to crap Fade. out pretty quickly. Yep. Not with books. They stick around. They look beautiful. I like how they kind of slowly open up and become even more beautiful as they sit on your, you know, wherever Absolutely, you Absolutely, because they're that fresh. So go to books.com and use promo code hysteria for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code hysteria. Books, promo code hysteria. And we're back with more hysteria, personal political today. We're going to talk about confidence and why we can't fucking get confident. Mm. Why, you stupid fucking bitches, Mm -hmm. why can't you get more confident? I've got three wonderful women in the room with me. First, I'm going to start with actor, comedian, and uh, lesbian sidekick, (laughs) Tian Tran. (laughs) <laughs> the reason I said that is not because I view Tian in any way as a sidekick. Thank to you. I'm a leading lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> she, you've been auditioning, and it seems like a lot of the parts yeah. fit one mold. Fit one mold. The the lines that I keep getting are essentially the guy will have a problem with a woman, and I, the lesbian sidekick, will come up and be like. <laughs> Chicks are crazy. They've got daddy issues. <laughs> That's another line. Another line I've had is they keep saying chicks, which I absolutely right. is in nineteen eighty. Is in nineteen eighty, and I also hate that. But there was another line that was like, you know, chicks really care about hair care, so you need to be like taking care of up here and down here. Oh my god! <laughs> oh. Is the down here like the dick area? Yeah, and I'm like, why do I? Why am I sharing that? With you? <laughs> Oh, my God. Well, Ken, welcome. You're never going to be a sidekick in my heart Thank or in my uh, in my mind. Second, we have actor, comedian, and floral print wearer Ooh. and uh, host of the podcast Couples Therapy, Naomi Ekparrigan. Hey, girl. Hey. You're so bright and cheerful this morning. I woke up <laughs> over an hour before I had to be here, and that is huge. <laughs> I like to give myself 40 minutes, and that includes a shower. <laughs> so usually by the time I come in, I am serving all sorts of surliness. <laughs> but today, up with the sun. <laughs> How exciting. <laughs> We're 
We're delighted. I'm delighted. <laughs> yeah. I could not be more delighted. And uh, last but not least, we have actor, working actor. Uh, oh, yeah. Working actor. No, uh, making sorry. the jerk off. Did motion. I make it weird? Did I make it weird by getting a job, guys? <laughs> Michaela Watkins. <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm good. I, I haven't gone to bed yet. No, um, I, I I'm fine. I just, I, I, uh, I feel like I haven't gone to bed yet. I don't know why. I just stayed up all night getting really mad at the world. Uh, that was fun. <laughs> so, yeah. No social media after 9 p.m. Is that your I rule? I know, I know. I do yeah, crossword I puzzles. Okay. Weird crossword. But anybody do the New York Times app where you, you do the, you know, I do the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday ones <laughs> because they make me feel good about yeah, myself. And uh, somebody else put the puzzle together because <gasps> the Wednesday felt like a Friday on steroids. Oh, oh. No. I, Maybe it's a conspiracy. They just want you to feel, they're like, you know what? We have a, a slice of our audience that is reasonably intelligent. Mm-hmm. And we really, we, they need to be taken down some pegs this week. <laughs> We're going to make them no, but, suffer. Let's go into our topic for today. Woo. Confidence. Confidence. With three actors. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, three. It's I a roller coaster. Oh, my. So, guys, how much like shit do you feel <laughs> all the time? How many times a day does somebody oh. make you feel like nothing? Let's go into that. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I want to talk about is uh, the kind of disparity between women and men and the way that they're confident and whether or not confidence just on its face is something good. Uh, Naomi and I were emailing back and forth about an example of confidence just run amok. <laughs> and that was uh, the, the case of Elizabeth Holmes, who is also Tian's favorite. Oh, my mm. God. I'm obsessed. What? So, so let's, let's solve it today. Let's mm-hmm. solve it like we solve everything. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Let's figure out how do we how do women cross the confidence gap with men? Do we want to cross the confidence gap? And if we no, don't want to... keep cr- us small. Keep us small. <laughs> keep <laughs> us small. <laughs> well, and, or do we want to just like drag men down with us? And so everybody's a little bit of a mess all the time. Mm. What is what is the solution? Confidence. Oh, I do like the idea that we're all a little bit of a mess. Um, mm-hmm. That just does feel like it creates a lot of safe spaces, a lot of group hugging. Mm-hmm. But no, most certainly we have to close the confidence gap and women have to be more confident, especially because of that idea that, um, you know, it's usually people who are less competent who tend to be more confident mm-hmm. in their ability to do a given thing, not mm-hmm. less confident in general. But like someone who like knows the least about a subject will be like, I'm probably pretty good at this. Mm-hmm. But that's and so I'm like, oh, OK, well. We got to actually have confidence when we do know what we're doing or have studied something hard or have put hours into improving. Mm-hmm. And yet we don't because doesn't it feel like I don't know. I feel like it was because I definitely f- learned from an early age that I had to be better than everybody. Mm-hmm. Like being a black kid who went to white schools and my mom was, it was very like, OK, they don't w- no one is looking out for you and no one wants you there. So you have to prove you deserve to be there at every turn. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a lot of pressure when you're 10 and your breasts are budding. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And I think that carries over into adulthood. Definitely. Right. I think it's it like you brought up, Naomi. I think it's definitely a gender thing, but it's also a race thing. And it's a mm-hmm. it depends on how much money you have and where you're living, and where you're going to school. And also you brought up an important point. Breast budding, which, <laughs> which is, is huge. Which is by the huge. way, which is huge. Because for me, I just I didn't want anybody to look at me. So that's when the shoulder yeah. shrug started to happen, and I started to cave and get and try to be as tiny and invisible as po- humanly possible mm. yeah. at a really yeah. important age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, anytime anything is changing with you physically, that 
makes people less confident. And and there have been studies that have found that girls before they're about 12 are about as confident as little boys. But then once they hit 12 and once the boobs start coming um, and things start changing, then they all of a sudden fall off, which is really a shame. I think, Tian, did you... Did you experience adolescence as a time when confidence was shaken? <laughs> oh, yes. Like, are you, are you asking, like, if I was a confident, like, kid? Yeah, as a, yeah, yeah. Oh, I wasn't. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I found a lot of confidence. I was a jock. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I played soccer. That's mm-hmm. why you're cool. And I... <laughs> And you have oh wonderful posture. Thank you. My mother would say I do not have good posture, mm-hmm. but thank you. Well, um, I found... I hope she's listening. <laughs> Mom... <laughs> Michaela said I have good posture. Um, I found confidence in soccer because it was like a team environment and like we were all these like women kind of like empowering each other and that felt really good. But outside of the soccer team, I was still in the mindset that I needed to get attention from boys, which is where I was finding all of my Mm self-worth in high school, which I think a lot of young girls are kind of groomed to find their self-worth in, uh, you know, having the hottest boyfriend or getting asked out on dates. And I was just like... I didn't get my period until I was 18. I was like, congratulations. It was in the middle of orchestra. It was a whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I, I like just, I didn't, I was like, I didn't have boobs. I just felt very like such a lack of confidence in terms of like how I was how I thought I was supposed to be in high school. Mm -hmm. Well, you bring up an interesting point about people getting their confidence from outside sources. Like we're taught that we don't our our self-worth doesn't come from inside of us, which is where it should come from. We're taught that we need to take what other people are telling us about us and and molding that into our sense of self. What are some other uh, sources, I think, of, of insecurity besides boys. Did you find that like advertising, media, television affected your self-confidence negatively? This is for the, the whole table. Hmm. Oh my God. I, I mean, I looked at that Victoria's Secret like catalog for now two reasons that I think about it. <laughs> Both because I was like, ooh, this is nice. But no. also because I was like, why don't I have that body? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I Honestly, really thought about not that. a lesbian and I would like salivate over the women <laughs> in the Victoria's Secret yeah. model yeah. like catalog yeah. when I was younger because it was so I don't know what it was. Like I just I'm like, do I want to kiss you or be you? I don't know. I can't I can't tell. <laughs> this is confusing. But um, I, I rem- you know, what, what instrument did you play when you were in orchestra? Oh, my God, the violin. Okay. So, like, this, I, I feel Classic. like when, when you look at band or orchestra when you were little, do you know many women who played the trombone or the baritone or made a lot of noise? No. no. Or the timpani? You know, maybe there was one percussionist, maybe, but they played the triangle. It's, like, we played tiny little picolos, <laughs> little flutes, and maybe you played a clarinet, but you never played saxophone a bassoon. sometimes. Sometimes saxophone. Sometimes. Sometimes. Are you a saxophone? No. I, I know. You said it with such authority. Yeah. Okay. But, but we tried to be tiny. Yeah. We tried to be mm-hmm. small. And I think we felt like, you know, I think when you ask, where do you get that from it's that everything was telling you like don't be loud gal you know mm-hmm. that's yeah. for the that, that that's for the boys and that if you're too loud it's somehow a turnoff mm-hmm. in in our society like mm-hmm. keep but it that's small. like it's so not fair because boys 
also went through puberty and were also busted. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> like they go through that <laughs> process too, and like you got you got the pimples, you got the voice crack, you got all that stuff. The and yet, boners for no reason, for all no the time. reason, yeah. just out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which is like so embarrassing and sad for them mm-hmm. that like That's their true. arousal is visible. You mm-hmm. know, and I mean, and yet they're able to push through that to become because it does seem like the the problem is that this insecurity from adolescence women tend to keep into adulthood mm-hmm. where it seems like men if they had that insecurity in adolescence were managed to shake it off around 18 mm-hmm. and just be like I'm going to run the world right yeah. well there are some schools of thought that believe that there's something in the quote unquote I'm I'm saying with sarcastic air quotes female brain that leads us <laughs> to hang on to trauma and the uh, kind of things that caused us pain it, our brains hang on to them longer than boys do which leads us to be less confident because we wait until we're absolutely positive before we make a move where boys are more likely to be more risk taking men are more mm-hmm. likely to be more risk taking we uh, activate our amygdala more easily in response to negative emotional stimuli mm-hmm. which means it's like True. our our fear thing so right. and, and you know they ask women like oh would you whenever anybody asks I, t- I was talking to a lot of people in uh, women in film and they were saying that when you ask men if they who've never directed before or who've only directed one time maybe they directed a short or something like that would you want to direct this uh, feature they the first answer mm-hmm. is always yes yeah. mm-hmm. and when they ask women it like only 15% of women say yes out of the gate. They mm-hmm. all hem and haw and they're just like, I'm not sure I'm ready. Yeah. Ooh, I don't know. You know, now I think it's starting to change. Now I think women are going, yes. And in their minds, they're going, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, what have I done? Yeah. Well, the but, same thing um, is yeah. for, um, for political office too. I know a couple of people who have drafted women to run for political office and they said that they have to approach men and women totally differently because every man thinks he should be the president. Mm-hmm. And most <laughs> women, if you're like, you should run for office, they're like, ooh, what about my family? What, mm-hmm. what Am I ready for this? Am I the right one? Am I doing this? And you, this person who I talked to about this, who drafts people to run for office, said that you have to approach getting people to run for office like getting people to have sex with you. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> you have to kind of be like, whoa, down boy to all the men. Like, hey, mm-hmm. okay, let's take, let's slow it down, <laughs> slower than you think this should go. And then with women, you have to be like kind of wine well, and dine them and make them believe that they're special. But that, I mean, if you think about it, you know, where does it come from other than from male validation? Yeah. It's like when you're sitting in class and you look up, up and like the pictures of all the presidents are around, there's no women. What message are you getting? Mm-hmm. What message are you getting as a little girl? I so, think it's also yeah. from society like who is allowed to fail. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like the chances that are given to mostly cis white men, you it's just like you're allowed to fail. And like if you fail, you don't have the burden of your entire demographic exactly. weighing on you. Yeah. You're not the representative. You're not the representative. And yeah. also like not just that too, but like if you fail then that means the next brown girl, the next <laughs> is not a girl, the next life. It's like, exactly. it's like, I don't know. Um, you know, we tried that um, and it just didn't really hit for us. Yeah. So sorry yeah. for you. Sorry it's for like, you. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> well, my question is, like, we have all this shit thrown at us. I feel like the world kind of sets out, sees a little girl's like, oh, hell yeah, I'm going to beat this girl to dust. And if you're able to... <laughs> If you're able to emerge into adulthood only only semi-fucked up or with enough confidence to try to work in show business or try to do a difficult career that isn't show business, how do you turn the corner? We all obviously turned some kind of corner. No, Michaela, it no. says that she still has. I did not. I, 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 yeah. I did not. I do you really? Not. Do you no. really feel like you're not I, confident? People? I think I've no. turned some corners for sure. Um, you know, I think 
Okay. First of all, I think our parents do us a service and a disservice when we're younger and they say, you know, I'm, I'm the youngest of three girls. And my dad would always say like, oh, Sarah, she's the this one, mm-hmm. you know, she's the, the smart one or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Becca, you know, she's the this, like the shy one. She's and 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 we've and, you know, or I'm the funny one. And, and it's like it gave us confidence in this area that, you know, we sort of probably exploited later on. But but it really get, gave us a sort of this weird fixed mindset that we couldn't do these other things, you know? And I know it was sort of meant as like kind of a fun, you know, thing to sort of label yeah. Yeah, like girls girl of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Girl we're like what, what our superpower was, you know? <laughs> but it was also, you know, it. I think it really sort of limited us mm-hmm. and minimized us. And it was only, I have to say, I think the biggest way to sort of get confidence is to... I have to continue to do things that are super risky. And if I, as soon as I stop taking risks, you know, like before I do, when I started doing improv, I would literally be almost throwing up backstage and asking myself, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? And then when I kept forcing myself to take that step onto the stage and having no idea if it was going to be a good show or not and still inviting people anyway, (laughs) you know, eventually I started to go, I have no control over this and it's going to be what it is, but I feel competent at my, at doing at the, I feel okay in the unknown enough that I started to have confidence and it started to manifest in all these other little areas of my life. Mm -hmm. But did you ever actually throw up? Uh-huh. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Or, uh, you know, or just like empty my bowels. Like that's yeah, my, yeah. Completely. Not to jump on and be like, that's my thing. Diary is my thing, girl, too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, it goes one way or the other. Um, Naomi, you were, you were saying you never, ever turned the corner confidence wise. Talk a little bit about that. Well, that's the thing. Cause people assume that cause you know, when someone is a stand up, it means they're confident. And it's like, I don't know. It's almost like, at best, I can tell you I'm confidently not confident, meaning like I'm never going to like myself, but I've kind of decided to just roll with it, if that makes any sense. Like mm-hmm. I just like I can't be in the active place of constantly beating myself up. But I've definitely learned, especially in the move to L.A., being surrounded by this business. I was like, oh, none of this is handled. <laughs> like I have this project that I'm supposed to be doing now, like a writing project. And I feel like I don't know what I'm doing. And I have not written a single thing in three weeks. Mm-hmm. See, now that that's a problem, right? That's, uh-huh. It's one thing to say like, oh, I don't feel yeah. like I don't feel good. Mm-hmm. But it's another to then you, that inability to counteract that feeling with some action. Mm-hmm. And that is how I know we I haven't passed it. Like, and so. Or you're just a writer. Yeah. I was going to yeah, say, you're killing like, me softly. I have gone through exactly what you're going through and am in a way currently going through it. So this is like so such a common thing. And I just went through it. But it's like, but then it kills me because I'm like, you know, the process of especially when I've been given this opportunity that I don't think I'm ready for. And so I feel like, OK, whatever this draft is, it better be dope. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm and so mm. like, I better come out giving them something so that they don't hire somebody else. Wow. You just gave realize, yourself a death oh, sentence. You're the worst. <laughs> well, yeah. and, this, and, I, and I have not been able to get over it. I think the one thing I have, like, for instance, with stand up, there's the empirical evidence of someone else's laughter, which is honestly more external validation. Yeah. Yep. But that is the only reason why I know I'm good at that. Mm-hmm. Any of the other stuff that is takes more of a personal journey. Mm-hmm. I haven't cracked that code. Well, you know, you know what's interesting. I okay. I want to say two things about this person. Please, y'all know Jill Soloway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, they created Transparent. Um, I remember Jill saying to me, Jill started walking around differently. Where Jill 
thrust her gut forward and would lead with her pelvis everywhere. And she said, that's my entitlement. That's my belly. That's my, my belly is my entitlement. You ever see men walk into a room, they lead with their belly. And we, you know, women are always pulling in, sucking in our stomachs and trying to be, you know, and that, and we make ourselves really small. So physic, her physicality was she mm-hmm. started to change and then it started to completely change the way that she directed all the time, everything and, and approached oh, everything. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, so it started as a physicality, but but the other thing I was going to say is I went to a, a, a read-through of the their, their last season. They're doing this film, and it was the most moving, and everybody not a dry eye in the house, and everybody was just crying over the last season of Transparent. And like I said, it's going to be this movie. And I was in the middle of writing, and I threw out twice 20 pages of something. And then I oh. went home. <laughs> Afterwards, we were all just wept and cried, and our eyes were puffy. Yeah. And I said to Jay... Duplass, I said, I'm going to, uh, I don't know what to do with myself right now. Like it's only 10 AM and I've been <laughs> through the ringer emotionally. And he said, I know, what do you do? Go get drunk, take a nap. And I just looked at him and then I sort of wandered off and I go, I'm going to go right. And I went home and I remembered, I don't have to follow anybody's rules. I can do whatever I want. I have all the power. Mm-hmm. And I started over and I just nuked everything I had and started over and built from this place because I was so worried that I was going to write something crappy that I couldn't write anything. Mm-hmm. And it was Well, and it's an external yeah. validation thing. I, I, I find that when I write too, and I get too timid about what other people, what, oh, yeah. is this what I'm supposed to do? Yes. Like, I feel like I'm doing a dance that somebody else knows the choreography I had, for, yes. but it's a secret exactly. to me. Yeah. And I have to like, just, I'm like, do I step here? Do yes. I do this? And, and I think not being afraid of other people telling you what to do is really important. Um, Tian, same question to you. Have you turned a corner confidence-wise as an adult, as a performer? I I still feel a lot of imposter syndrome in spaces. Mm -hmm. Um, I think specifically I've benefited from being a part of diversity inclusion programs at different points in my career. And they're great for a lot of reasons, but they have also kind of bred this imposter syndrome in me because I'll have folks, well-meaning folks, be like, you're only here because of that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so it's like a con- it's a constant battle that of being... That sounds like a real well-meaning folk. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. But it's a constant battle of being like, actually, like these... Programs are great. They're trying to like uh, rectify a long-standing inequality, but also it makes it's like it breeds this idea that like you've only gotten there because of this special right. side thing. So like, I'm constantly battling the 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 kind of insecurities of like I'm only here because they're trying to like fill a box versus mm-hmm. like I think I can do this and I actually deserve to be here. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm always working through that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean I don't do the same type of performing that you ladies do. I basically just get to talk into a microphone and it's my thoughts and it's nothing anybody else wrote down for me. And so I feel very hashtag blessed because of that. So, but you're, but I have a question though, but you do, you know, especially in having the large social media following, Mm -hmm. you are also opened, opened up to everybody's thoughts about everything you've said into that microphone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. What, you know, what, if anything, have you done to 
fortify yourself in the face of that. Well, one of the things I've done is just emotionally disconnected from almost everything. So I feel very little. (laughs) Um, Well, I started my career, uh, Naomi brings up, I started my career working at Jezebel, which was very much a meat grinder for all the writers because we had a super engaged, critical, smart as fuck commenting community. So Mm -hmm. pretty much everything you said was going to be opened up to the scrutiny of like, a, an army of grad students oh. <laughs> all the time and, and like oh they, they were they were they were so smart and so and engaged people and predisposed to hating Jezebel because it's a feminist exactly yeah. exactly just it, there were just knee jerk from all the different directions mm-hmm. and there were times when um, like one time I wrote a piece about how I didn't think selfies were empowering mm-hmm. um, I am like a real curmudgeon about like vanity disguised as feminism mm-hmm. and uh, I got shit on for that <laughs> that is the thing that I've gotten the most hate for. I mean, there were things that, that I had missed in the piece that I wrote. Um, there are points about people who are members of communities that are not visible, experiencing visibility by posting pictures mm-hmm. of them, like members of the trans community, for example, disabled people. Uh, those are those are blind spots for me, and I learned from that. But the, most of the people that were taking umbrage at things that I said were not members of that community. They just wanted to... So anyway, I, <laughs> I, I basically had to... You only have to deal with a few shitstorms before you just shut that off. You know, when I I got SNL, I went sort of from total obscurity to suddenly it was like announced, you know, mm-hmm. and it was the first time that I got like public opinion. Mm-hmm. And there were things that were just, you know, before I even opened my mouth on the show, people were like, I hate her. <laughs> and I was like, Already? <laughs> wait, just wait. I'll give you reasons to hate me, but not yet. Um, and, you know, some things said like, you know, I'd fuck her if she got a nose job and stuff. And so Jesus. I, it, it, at <laughs> first it was such, it was such a launch of like harshness. But I have to say, once you kind of take those bullets, you're a little bulletproof. Yeah. Okay. Uh, And that's one thing that I think is a good side of like the online hate that women experience a lot is that, you know, we might be having like troll armies going. All of us are present on social media to one extent or another or a public to one extent or another. And all of us have probably experienced people being like, I hate you. You're ugly. You should die, whatever. Mm -hmm. But that happens a few times and you're like, bitch, you can't hurt me. You can't hurt me anymore. And so what they've done is like bred this super army of women who can't be hurt. That's what I like to imagine. Well, it's funny. well actually, then maybe I have turned a corner because I did see a hateful comment on a Vulture article. Vulture, truly the listeners, the readers live up to their name. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> oh. this woman, it was like, it was, you know, I did some, some podcast and someone was like, Naomi Puringan is not a good comedian. There are many good comedians. She is not one of them. I don't know why you even have her here. Like it was like very like that. And it was the first time I will say that I was like, "That's funny." <laughs> In th- that that it is it's very funny to me mm-hmm. to have you had to go online, create an account. Mm-hmm. Okay, you can't just leave a comment. You got to create an account. You got to get a password to <laughs> yeah. go in. Somebody, <laughs> you put that time loved in. you yeah. so much. They yeah. took a day, and it was like, oh, "Okay, so this is a choice you made to mm-hmm. let people know I was trash," <laughs> and to think like. And also, like, I Good guess if you, you are doing something right, yeah. you know, as especially like as a comedian who's out there, like somebody kind of has to hate you, right? Because yeah. that means you're saying something with a point of view or an right. opinion. I agree. And I was like, oh, yeah, so maybe I have turned a little bit of a corner. Mm-hmm. But you're right. I mean, no, I still know. I still think online hate is bad. But I think that's very nice of you to find the silver lining. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> that is a very. That's a silver lining, girl. Because I'm like, uh-uh, yeah. I need to stop. Because anytime I even get anything remote, I'm just like, <laughs> Um, spiraling for like a whole day and like need to be watching a TV and like offline. No, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not saying it doesn't 
ding. It just, it it doesn't, it didn't silence me. Like, I think for a moment mm. I was like, should I get a nose job? You know, but I, I have to say, like, after that first, after you go to battle the first time, you know, I think it, it, it not, I'm not to say that I have no emotion. It's just like, oh, well, there's going to be people who just say shitty things. Yeah. So right. I'm, why should I change Some anything I'm just, doing? And yeah. also, like, think about the mindset that you have to be just and, and this is just to expand it. So it's bigger than just being in entertainment or being a public person. But whenever somebody goes out of their way to try to make you feel bad, like you were saying, Naomi, they made the effort to do that. And I always try to imagine what mindset would I have to be in to do that to right. somebody right. Mm-hmm. who wasn't like, you know, public figures are one thing. I'll shit on public figures all day. But the, the <laughs> yeah, time, if you're going to make terrible policy that right, hurt yes, right, right. I'm going to call you out. I will yeah. call I will call you an unused can of Ready Whip, Ivanka Trump. I don't <laughs> care. There's but you know, but when it comes to when I think about the moments in my life when I've like spit the most Did like you just fucking think of that. No, I wrote that oh, in an article God, about yeah. it. I was like, <laughs> um, I was man, about to was hate good. you. Jesus. No, I could I could do like if we there were spelling bees where you just lined up and like it was like insult bees and you just held up a picture, mm-hmm. I would win the ins- I would win the Scripps National Insult <laughs> Bee. I would be like <laughs> Looks like you smell like old cigarettes and your wife left you. <laughs> but but you know, I find okay, that game when idea. I, <laughs> I find that when I like say the most venomous, mean, poisonous things that are directed at people or the meanest thoughts that I have people, I'm I'm miserable myself. Yeah. And so right. I I think, you know, it does hurt when people say things that are like really a, a really well crafted insult, like a, yeah. one that's like, wow, you know me, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know me well enough to say something that would hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. But when I hear one of those, I think, well, you're also in a in a bad place mentally. So yeah. like I kind of you can't possibly bring me down to how bad you feel when you when you said that about me. Right. So I guess when you ask, like, do I have confidence? And I'm like, no, not really. It's because um I have imposter syndrome as well, but I think I have confidence in the way that where you would think people would make me feel small and diminished, I kind of, that's the weird thing. Like, that's what I can push through. It's when people I admire and love and I work with them and I'm in a room with them. You know, I have, I surround myself with really powerful, bossy broads. I've always been attracted to them. You know, I used to joke that, like, we fuck the, me- the men that we want to be, if, you know, for, <laughs> for straight women. Like, that's, that's like, who I, I would—I would want to take a little piece of them and put it in, in me and, like, think that by osmosis— Steal their essence. By having oh their God, penis straight, sex in me, crazy. I could— Chicks <laughs> <laughs> are crazy. Chicks are crazy. Chicks are crazy. But I think I befriended women who had something I, I wanted, and I think that thing is, like, mm-hmm. a, unbelievable confidence. You know, and and by being around it, I learn I learned how to advocate for myself. And it doesn't feel comfortable because I think sometimes we're not supposed to um, take up too much space. Or if somebody gets like I have watched all of these women, these good friends of mine at some point in their in their um, power, powerful positions, people, they are so open season for criticism Mm -hmm. and they weather it really well in a way that I, in ways that I'm not sure I would, because it's not coming from, you know, the stupid public who are saying, get a nose job. It's coming from other powerful people mm-hmm. who are saying, um, 
I don't like, you know, mm-hmm. I don't like this or that. I think right. that's another aspect of confidence, too, though, is to have the, like, self-esteem to be, like, have humility. Like, I, th- I think I've turned the corner in that way, though. Like, I'm confident enough in myself that I'm okay to take criticism from people that I respect and admire. And also to be like, I actually don't know what I'm doing. Can you help me? Mm-hmm. But I think saying I don't know what I'm doing, to me, like, when I think of the etymology of the word confident or confidence, it means having full trust, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't have full trust in somebody who pretends to know everything. Yes. I have full trust in somebody who, like all the women directors that we've had have come out and go, I said, oh, should should I do this? And they go, I don't know. Try it. You know? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I fully trust you Mm -hmm. because then you'll come back and go, nah. (laughs) <laughs> and then I go, all right. <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, love the way you work, McKenna. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Everything is just you know, easy and fine. So one of the things that I, I want to go around the table and talk about is, you know, we have a lot of listeners who get in touch who are parents or who kind of connect with the show because they're like, oh, it's women that remind me of my friends and we all get together. If you had to issue a tip to a friend or a parent on how to build confidence in themselves as women or in women that they know, mm. what would be one tip that you would give? Here's, Ooh, I'll, I'll start with mine. question. So I love I'll, that. I'll start cool. with mine just because I have it at the ready because I formulated the question and I answered it. So I kind of cheated. <laughs> on I got the answer key mm-hmm. in my head. Um, so when I was a kid, I was a late bloomer as well. Um, but I was also in a small town, so I was like a big fish in as a small well, town. As well? We're not late bloomers. Well, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I was I'm still <laughs> waiting. <laughs> oh, right. You yeah. got your period when you were 25. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're a blessed woman. For a, um, but I was a late bloomer, and so I was smaller than everybody, and I was a lot more into school than every. I was a real fucking dweeb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of the things I really appreciated from my parents was that I don't ever remember my mom and dad singling me out and telling me that I was like, you're pretty, you're, you're beautiful. You're this, you're this, you're this. They never, they never really commented on my looks. They never really made that a thing Mm -hmm. that I focused on. And as a result, I focus on it now. Yeah. Right. As a result, I'm obsessed with my looks. now. (laughs) My closet is just, it looks like it's it's like a a costume trunk. It's an eight year old girl's fantasy. It's just all like feather boas and (laughs) and robes. Um, But one thing that I think really helped me was that the compliments that I received from my parents and from members of my family were not based on superficial things. Mm -hmm. They were based on like, Aaron, you told a funny joke or that's a really cool drawing you made or that paper was great or that's a that's a really smart comment or I like that you cleaned your room. It was just about my actions and mm-hmm. it was about my thoughts and my brain and my personality and it wasn't about the way I looked. So I didn't grow up hinging my entire self-worth on something that is destined to fade any day now, any day. <laughs> it's going to go yeah. away. And I, but I'm prepared because I built a personality around other things. So that's my main tip for I people. Just okay. I just got one. I just popped in my head. Yeah, Do you okay, mind go. if I go? No, please go. Oh, guys yeah, have one? I don't know. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. This will give you time to think because um, that's such a great question. And here's my answer. Um, I My parents were raised me to be so independent. They didn't do shit for me. <laughs> I did my own laundry. Um, I was a latchkey kid. Uh, so I would prepare meals. Um, and they also, you know, my my dad, we went on sabbatical. My dad's a math professor, and we went to France for when I was 14. And I went from this small 
trashy town to Paris for a, for a year. And my, I had to ride three subways to get to school. And the first day, my dad took me. Um, we got totally uh, robbed by a pack of oh people. Uh, that was the first day, you know, they just like came in and put their hands in our pockets and our whatever. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I had to ride three different trains to get to school. Uh, my dad rode with me the first day to show me how to do it and never did it again. And then when I realized when I was in high school and college and I would um, go on a trip with somebody, I would be with people who were inept, who didn't know how to exchange money, who didn't know how to look at a map, who didn't know how to do anything. And it was a drag (laughs) because I was like, if I didn't know something, I would just figure it out. Mm -hmm. I, I, I knew I could figure it out. I knew I could be dropped in any foreign country and figure it out. And mm-hmm. I think more and more, like this is before cell phones, this is before Google. So, you know, when I see kids who are just like, oh, mom, you know, calling their mom for everything or their dad, when any kind of adversity comes up, it's just weird to me because mm-hmm. I was so <laughs> hung out to dry. And I can't say, like thrown in the deep end, but I can't say that, you know, I'm it wasn't. It was comfortable at the time. I had a, I had a struggle, but it made me really like fiercely independent as mm-hmm. an adult, and I like that about myself. That's a good one. So throw your kids in the yeah. woods <laughs> and be like, find find your way Honestly, home. Honestly, Madison, you, you laugh, but my dad has lost us in the woods so many times. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Tan, you want to go? I yeah, I think I have one. Um, for, for me, my confidence has grown because. Truly, as coming for as a, as a queer woman who's come out and like finally found herself, mm-hmm. and so I, I would just hope that people try to push against any sort of like heteronormative or like very strict gender roles when they're trying to raise their kids. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I, I I appreciated that my parents on some level really didn't push any of those narratives on me that much. Like they let me play sports and like get dirty and like wear umbro shorts all the time. And like, oh, yeah. they, oh, oh. flashback. I know I wore umbros and sambas like 24 <laughs> seven and soccer shirts that were like, girls rule, boys drool. Oh my God. I have, I already have a crush on you. Oh. Um, so like, I, <laughs> I had so, truly so many of those T-shirts that were like, Jack can play soccer, so can Jill. And like, <laughs> <laughs> like a lot of no fear. Yes, like, a, like, no yes, fear like a lot of no fear, a lot of Adidas, like all yeah. day I dream about soccer and it's like a little girl. But like <laughs> just my parents letting me do that and explore like playing with the boys and like playing soccer and just breaking sort of very strict gender roles and gender expectations, I think allow women and girls to explore the full spectrum of what is possible. Mm -hmm. That's a great one. Um, Okay. I think I have one. This is not something I've done, but this is something I truly believe works. I think it's one of the things that I know in the moments that I have done it is physical activity. And I don't mean like, it's not about like your BMI or whatever, but like literally 
making your body stronger Mm -hmm. feels so good. Like when you like, you know, and especially one of the things I like to do and I can't do many, but push ups. Mm-hmm. Literally just 10 push-ups will make me feel like yes. it's like I can lift my body. You know what I mean? Like the simple ability to like, you know, I want to get into running. I have asthma and I got to get over. I got to like figure out how to run with that. But like one of the things to me is like to literally physically be able to move and mm-hmm. to go far mm-hmm. and to literally almost that same way of like not do like the sports thing you were saying, Tien, and like what you were saying, Michaela, about like you know, being in charge of yourself. Mm-hmm. And there's something to being able to be just physically on top of it. So like whether it's like a dance, a sport, just running. I feel like when I have that physical strength in my body, like I do feel better. Mm-hmm. Like I carry myself taller and I'm like, I can do this. Yeah. You I know? can't yep. believe you just brought that up because I watched Creed 2 last weekend because <laughs> we had a bunch of teenagers at our house and I was like, man, this movie is a little cheesy. But <laughs> when that Rocky song comes on, I'm like leaping out of my chair, like, get it! Yeah. <laughs> and I have been such a, I am like a loose meat sandwich over here. <laughs> and I signed up for a half marathon. <gasps> I was oh like, God. I'm so fucking tired of being, of like getting a jar and being like, eh, can you open this for me? <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to be the, I can't open this jar of pickles anymore. Yeah, well, yeah. I have bad news for you. You don't run marathons on your hands. <laughs> so it's not going to really help you with a pickle jar, but um, open it with my thighs. But Naomi, we can. <laughs> That's oh, power. Amazing. Wow. That's confidence. That, that is, is yeah. real confidence. Opening a pickle jar with your thighs. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, Naomi, I'm asthmatic, and I've run marathons and distance, so we can talk offline yes, about that if you want to know tips. how to like do that. I hardcore agree with you about physical activity yeah. being a confidence. I want to do boxing. Like I want to do that. Like you know, get, yeah. get out that rage and get some guns. It's like mm-hmm. every time I see like Angela Bassett's arm, I'm like. <gasps> We can do anything. You know what I mean? It's like, I need that. Oh, man. This is a great conversation. I'm really sad we have to end it. We have to take a break. And uh, when we come back, the hills will die on. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. Mom, I got the job in Manhattan. Do you have a warm enough winter coat? What about your car? I'm selling it with Kelly Blue Book Instant Cash Offer. How? I enter my license plate number, miles, condition, upload photos, and boom! An official cash offer from a local dealership. A cash offer instantly? Oh, did you call Aunt Stella? She's right there in Massachusetts. Mom, I literally just got the job. Not everything is as simple as selling your car with Kelly Blue Book Instant Cash Offer. Price it, fix it, trade it, sell it. KBB.com it. And we're back with more hysteria. We've reached the part of the show where we take 
adamant stances on things that don't really matter. It's the hills we'll die on. First, we have a listener hill to get to. Let's roll it. Hey, Hysteria ladies, here's the hill I'll die on. It drives me nuts when you're sitting around a table with people eating and someone wants to say something, but they have a mouthful of food, so they put their hand in front of their mouth and then proceed to speak with a mouthful of food. Oh, That's my that. hill. Somebody, I do that. I apologize. I do that. I apologize. I mean, it's, I respect the hill. Like, yeah, I, am, yeah. I am wrong. Yeah. I'm wrong, too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. We're it's, monsters. We are. We are. We're, gonna, we're all chewing with our mouths. Open watching her die alone on that hill, like yeah, I know, yeah, I know. that's fair. Yep. <laughs> yep, watching it like a snowblower go into my hair and everything. Oh, All right, Michaela, a, you gotta. gotta um, feel you'll die on this week. Oh, okay. I was just gonna say, I don't. If you're a respectable ophthalmologist. Don't <laughs> go on. And yeah. you know who you are. Oh my God. Uh, no. Uh, don't also sell glasses in your office. And I say this because <laughs> I'm onto you. I'm onto this racket. Like, I understand if you're vision set, Pearl Vision Center, okay? People go in there, they get some dinky little prescription, and they're like, I just hooked me up with some glasses right now. But if you, th- first of all, the eye racket is weird. It's the only <laughs> doctor you go to where every single time I go, I'm getting worse, not better. Like, I walk in there, and they're not like, oh, good, we've cured your vision. They're always like, I'm sorry, your vision's more terrible. And I'm like, great, I'll see you in six months. <laughs> and I'll come back and I'll be worse off. That's crazy. So when I'm there, they do this thing. I'm on to you. I ask for my, I, I don't want to buy your glasses. I want to go get sexy, cool glasses somewhere on Abbott Kinney, probably. <laughs> I haven't, but it's in my mind that I'm going to. And when I go to your office, you do things like, okay, we dilated you. Now go wait in the waiting room. And then there's always something that's like, would you like to look at some glasses? No, no. I'm just here to get the, yeah. find out what my prescription is because your glasses are stupid expensive. And, and I just, I'm just here for the eye doctor. I'm not here for the glass. Like it's not come for the doctor, stay for the glasses. <laughs> <laughs> and so just stop, stop trying, stop, hem- stop strategically putting me in waiting rooms so I'll like get bored and look at your glasses, which I will inevitably do. And also when I say like, can I have my prescription? They're cagey about it. Oh yeah. They're cagey I, about yeah, it. They, they don't are. want you to know your I'm own like, yeah. why do It's my prescription. It's same with blood tests. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're real weird about blood tests. Give me, it's my fucking blood. <laughs> Give me my prescription. Tell me how my blood's doing. It's mine, not yours. You already got paid. This is a transactional <laughs> right. relationship, and we're done. The end. I think that's fair. I do I think it's a it. racket. I always, I never understood the the like need to get my my contacts re-prescribed every year. Like I'm gonna overdose on contacts. Unless, <laughs> yeah. Unless I'm responsibly, I'm just gonna sit there. Oh no! Also, I can't. why don't they do them together? Yeah. Like you go in for an eye exam for glasses, and he's like, oh well, test you for contacts. It's like a whole separate production. Yeah. Oh well, there's a like, reason for that actually. Uh, What's the reason? They can't do it in one sitting. Oh, no, they can do it in one sitting. They mean they're saying you have to come back and do it? Yeah. Racket. Okay, that's that's a racket. 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 It's a separate appointment. No, no, no. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Bull to the shit. Yeah. Yeah. Bullshit. You're getting tricked. We're all getting getting tricked. tricked. We're all getting hosed. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let's, you know, let's stop wearing our contacts and glasses out of protest. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Insert canned noise of car crashing. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right. Well, that's a good hill, Michaela. Thank you. Well, Michaela had to get spirited away, beamed up to Hollywood land <laughs> uh, because she had a call time. So we're going to finish The Hills Will Die On, just the three of us. I think we can handle it, right, I ladies? Think we yeah. can handle it. I think yeah. we can handle it. Who wants to go next? I'm confident. We can handle it. We can it. handle this. I'm confident, too. I got so much confidence from that last segment. Naomi, do you want to die on a hill? Sure. Okay. Now let me explain. <laughs> Something that I cannot, that I'm like not here for at all is when people have Instagram accounts of their animals. No, I love that part. When they are speaking as their animals in this made up, not quite English that is supposed to be the voice of their dog <laughs> or cat. Okay, look, I am not going to believe that your animal can type anyway. So if you're going to create this entire caption, so like, mom says I can has cheese bacon, <laughs> something where it's like, it's just had a, you are typing. You ain't fooling nobody. Can you please just write in the late in the language you speak <laughs> as a normal ass human being? Not as fake animal language. Oh okay. What is it? What is the ruse? What is the ruse we decided? Was it all because of I can hash cheeseburger? <laughs> and then people just went off the rails? Because trust me, you know my Instagram is full of animals. Animals and babies. That's like my one safe space on the internet. But all these captions. <laughs> Of misspelled words and nonsense. We have to stop. We have to stop. I know who it is. <laughs> and that is the hill I will die on. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Maybe the animals are the ones typing their human language captions. Absolutely not. <laughs> oh my use, God. You heard Naomi. Use the king's English when you <laughs> caption your animal's Instagram. Whatever account. your native tongue is, just don't try to trick me. Like your animal learned just enough English <laughs> to, to open up an Instagram account into a lengthy ass post about all the walks and food it ate. But not enough to spell words correctly oh and be grammatically God. accurate. Get out of here. Oh. <laughs> All right. I respect that. Um, I, it never bugged me before, but now it's going to bug oh me my forever. God. I, you know, it has bugged me, and I couldn't put my finger on it because I have one friend who will, like, only interact with me through a pet's account. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm like, now I know why. It's been bothering me. It's because of this this weird language. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. That language kills me. Yeah, it's pretty bad. All right, Tian. Okay. My hill that I will die on is that I know people have a lot of strong feelings about certain condiments and which ones are the best. <laughs> I'm here to tell you that A1 steak sauce is the absolute <laughs> best condiment in the whole world, okay? It should be on the table with ketchup and salt and sugar and pepper as like it— Sugar? I mean, you know, when you're at a diner and like it's yeah. like yeah. salt and pepper, sugar, ketchup— a1 steak sauce should also be on there. It goes great on everything. I'm talking meats. I'm talking steak <laughs> and chicken and rice and pizza. <laughs> I'm I'm serious. I put pizza. yes. Dip it in your pizza. Like dip your pizza in A1 wow. steak sauce. Dip your veggies in A1 steak sauce. <laughs> it is the absolute. Just the original. Don't fuck around with any of the other A1 steak sauce flavors. Just the original <laughs> A1 steak sauce is the absolute best condiment. In the universe. Wow. 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 I mean, that's bold. You're coming in bold like steak sauce. Yes. Bold like steak but sauce. It, it's <laughs> funny. I have not had that in years. Like, I, I like I have a vague remember. Like, as you say it, I'm like, that does taste good. 
<laughs> but it's not. It's, you're right. It's not part of the public discourse. No, no, no. It's not part of the cultural class conversation. I think it, it, it isn't. And I think it's gotten unfairly maligned with like ranch as something that's down market. Ranch is trash. Yeah. That's but it's, yeah, no, ranch yeah. is mm, A1 steak sauce. Yeah. Best. I've had to like find friends with and family members with Costco memberships just so that I can benefit from a bulk package of A1 <laughs> okay. steak Can you go through it that fast? Kind of, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay. Well, here's my hill. It's real stupid. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Underconfident. So here's something. I I was watching television the other day. I don't normally watch TV TV because I'm a millennial and I'm a cord cutter. (laughs) And so I watch like Netflix or Hulu. And because I now am earning money as a professional writer, I pay for a premium subscription so I don't have to watch ads at all. So I barely ever watch ads on TV. Uh, But I was watching regular TV and I saw an ad for a breakfast cereal. And I realized that a common theme for breakfast cereal ads since I was a very small child in the late 80s... is that they're always the the, the the plot of breakfast cereal ads is always like someone's trying to steal the cereal. <laughs> like, why is this ha- why the rabbit is trying to steal the cereal from the kids? The kids are trying to steal the cereal from the leprechaun. Barney and Fred are feuding over the cereal. Like, why is there such a stealing based culture in the world of cereal? And I don't know what my stance is, except I'm deeply concerned that. All of this, the breakfast cereal mascots are involved in some giant theft ring. They're all doing heists <laughs> constantly. I just think that we need to really take a moment as a nation and examine our cereal morality and and put a stop to this. Guys, stealing is right. wrong. There's stop. enough for everyone. There's, there's enough for everyone. So much, there's so much more cereal than produce. In <laughs> just, it's fine. We will not run out of cereal for like 50 years. You don't need to steal it. And that's the hill that oh will die God, on That's this so true. It's, true. it's a theft-based oh. culture. <laughs> oh, it's stealing the fucking cereal. Okay, that's all the time we have. Uh, the ghost of Michaela, thank you so much for being here. Naomi and Tian, thank you for joining me in the studio. And thanks to Alyssa Master Monaco for joining me over the phone. There will be more hysteria for you next week. I am from another planet. This nation should in it. But these girls gotta fan it. Y2K email and scan it. Don't take no for an answer. Um, girl with a mouth that's overdone. Right, cause girls just wanna have fun. So Annie, get your gun. Give them what they want. It will never be enough. You can take what you want from me. Yeah, I'll say it loud and we're gonna shut it down. Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shims that eliminate noise for the life of the pad. Rubber-coated hardware for a better fit and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. Here you are, BPMs high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue panting. You're working hard, real hard, and you're thirsty. You need vitamins, nutrients for peak performance and energy. And your plants do too. Aw, I mean, just look at the little guy. 
water-soluble plant food from miracle Grow is full of essential nutrients. Just a little scoop into your watering can and boom, instant feeding and bigger, more beautiful plants. It's kind of like a sports drink for your plants. You may have to suffer from heat, but your plants do not. 